Well, thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of Improper Mimi. Um, with Veterans Day coming up, I thought it would be really great to take a, a look at um, the life of a Black woman who's been in the military. Um, someone who has some of that experience of living that lifestyle and, um, and, and having different experiences that, um, you know, it would be good for people to hear about, um, good for people to know, and we hope that you enjoy our show today. So let's get started. And I see Tiffany, if you could just um, introduce yourself and uh, maybe let everybody know um, pretty much your name, what it is that you do, and um, how you are connected to the military. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, my name is Tiffany Kelly. Um, I, right now, I'm, I'm an administrator with the Office of Comptroller of the Currency. They are the people, well, also known as the OCC, but they are the people that um, examine banks. So mm -hmm. I'm one of the administrators for bank examiners um, throughout the country. Um, of course, that's on the federal level. Mm -hmm. um, how I'm associated with the military is I just recently, maybe two years ago, Actually, my anniversary just passed uh, the October 1st. Uh, I've been out for uh, two years, but uh, I retired after 21 years of service in the United States oh, wow. Army. Mm -hmm. um, my last duty station was here in New York City, in Staten Island. Um, it was a little fort called Fort Wadsworth, where I was in human resources um, recruiting and retention. Mm -hmm. And I was also a first sergeant. Yes. Oh, good. Well, thank you for sharing with us. And thank you for being with us mm -hmm. here today. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So 21 years in the Army, um, that's, you know, quite a good amount of time. Like, how did it, um, what do you think were some of the best parts of being in that, like, Army uh, lifestyle? Well, of course, like with most people, it might be cliche, but the best is two parts that were that were really great for me. Um, the first part was actually um, meeting a plethora of people from different backgrounds. It's a real um, <clears throat> family and community orientated um, place to work. So even if you get out, you're still connected with those people. And the second thing I would say is um, is the travel, of course. Yeah. Um, it's free. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's on somebody else's dime. It's, it's stuff, uh. it's things like um, you wouldn't think that you would end up going, you know, going to Japan or or going to see England or uh, uh, yeah. you know Italy or any of these places or Africa, you wouldn't mm -hmm. think that you would be able to go there. Um, mm -hmm. Some places I didn't want to do or, mm -hmm. or, or go, but um, really thankful for the experience. Um, so I could actually say I'm world traveled. <laughs> and um, so those are probably like the two best things that, that came out of that came out of yeah. my 21 years. Oh, wow, yeah. And I can imagine just, like you say, being able to see lots of different places. Um, 
-hmm. but then maybe some of the downside too like you say some of the places you didn't want to go <laughs> so like, like nah, you're like oh no <laughs> right right you're like oh that wasn't on my you know like top 10 list <laughs> What were some of the challenges or things that um, that were not your favorite part of, of being in the military? Oh, um, the biggest the biggest challenge for me, mm -hmm. um, personally speaking, um, it wasn't just being a woman um, or a black woman at that. Mm -hmm. Actually, you know what? That probably is the biggest. That probably was the biggest challenge, because there's like a stigmatism that's put over our head, or um, kind of a prejudice that's put over um, black women's head. Like we are consistently being labeled as the angry, yeah, the angry person. So mm -hmm. if we disagree with something, and we're loud, maybe. Mm -hmm. instead of it them calling it passion as i prefer to call it passion you just really right. passionate about mm -hmm. something is like oh no you know don't don't tell sergeant such and such because she's gonna get mad or whatever <sighs> but if mm -hmm. someone else does it that's not a black woman then it's like you know you know they'll let it slide they'll let oh. it, it's a, a little bit easier to let things like that slide from my experience Mm -hmm. You mean, so for as far as reporting or as far as like um, um, when they come like in, in a position of leadership, like as a black woman uh, mm -hmm. leading in the military, like sometimes she'll let things slide just because she, she doesn't want to come off as one of those angry black women yeah. or even reporting. Exactly. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Reporting yeah. things. Yeah. People don't want that. They don't want to deal with that angry black woman uh, syndrome they I, I guess what whatever yeah. whatever they think it is mm -hmm. um but but someone else can do or act act the same way that's not a black mm -hmm. woman and it's acceptable yeah and there'll yeah. be no pushback on them or no um exactly you know, recommendation yeah. or anything yeah yeah um, uh that that is definitely big in the uh I guess being in the military, and I, I think it's true that we have to work uh, ten times harder. Mm -hmm. um, I, I figured that out um, probably. Um, you know, I, I guess like in my first four or five years, it was a little rough patch. I was going through yeah. my little motions. I was young, and then um, every time I, every time I. Um, on the contract to stay in longer you know you just mm -hmm. pick up on on different things and um different leadership styles and stuff like that and then you take you take that with you <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and apply it somewhere <laughs> else that somewhere else that you're you know where you're at and then build like bridges and relationships and then people start to rely on you and they're like, hey, I could count on, I could count on this person and, and stuff like that. And um, yeah, that, that, that yeah. works. Yeah. I see that works. Yeah. <laughs> that that and, works. Right. Yeah. And you, and you even mentioned signing contracts. Like, I don't even know how 
this works in the military, you know, like, so, so how does that work? So, and how long are those contracts for? Cause I figure, oh, you know, they recruit, you sign up at 18 and you're in for life, uh-huh. you know? <laughs> oh, so, oh yeah. Yeah. It's a lifelong commitment. It, it, it is a lifelong commitment. So it just depends. It, it depends on the needs mm-hmm. every year. Um, there, uh, there are needs that the military need. You know, have many people they need. Mm-hmm. Like they give, they give you, they give the recruiters like a roundabout number. Like we need these many people. Yeah. And um, it depends on where the military is going, where market, where where the army's going. Mm-hmm. Um, like it depends on how many people's got plan on retiring. It depends on how many people they could keep in, um, based on immigration laws. Um. Yeah. Um, you know, just, 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 a, it's just a whole, it's a whole slew of things. Mm-hmm. But, um, once you recruit someone, um, depending on the needs and their job title, depending on what type of job they pick, they give you, um, a contract ba- based on that. So it could be, um, it could be a six by two. They go by number of years. So a six by two is that you do, say you do six years active duty and then two years you can do in a reserve mm-hmm. or the National Guard or um, the um, IRR. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have like four by four contracts, which is the same thing. You do four years active, yeah. four years you could do in a reserve, mm-hmm. National Guard. So it really just um, depends so what I did was when I first joined, when I was um, eight, when I first got in, I was 18. I did a, um, my first contract was a four by four. So I did four years active duty. Then after my four years was up, I had a choice of either staying in mm-hmm. yeah. or I went or going to reserve or go into the National Guard. So I decided to go into the reserve. I didn't stay active duty. Mm-hmm. When you say active duty is a little bit more moving around. And I think at the time I just had my daughter. I didn't want to, you know, keep moving and and yeah. stuff like that. So um, I went into the reserves and I stayed in the reserves until I retired. Oh, good. Okay. So, yeah. so that's how the contracts work. So after your, after my eight years was done, mm-hmm. then the, the retention people, now it's the retention people because they're trying to retain you. <laughs> They come in like, hey, do you want to sign up for another, uh-huh. you know, and then it's like by the needs of the army and depending on my job. So like you could do six years or mm-hmm. you could do four. You want to do another four? If you do four, you know, they'll, that, you know, that's when they, you know, trying to talk you into staying in like, hey, if you do four more years, then you'll get over the 10 year <laughs> hump. You got 10 years left. And stuff. You know, selling right? your story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, you know, come again hey you want to stay you know you only got five years left you might as well <laughs> might so, as well right <laughs> that that's how they that's how they do it that's how they yeah. and like i said i actually was i was a retention nco i think in my last five years i became so mm-hmm. i was one of those people like hey you only got four years left well i was just talking to people and <laughs> stuff <laughs> because you done lived it already so you'd be like hey i felt mm-hmm. right i'm still mm-hmm. here you like, you're gonna love it too <laughs> yeah oh no that's interesting yeah because i think people forget mm-hmm. that it's a business you know it's not all mm-hmm. 
you know, soldiers in the field, I'm like, there are so many different mm -hmm. job opportunities within the army yeah. and the Navy, you know, all the different military, yeah. you know, legs, you know, that yeah. um, I think I was saying when I was growing up um, outside of Boston, that our high school was right next to one of the Air Force bases. And so there were a lot of students mm -hmm. that came to the Air Force base um, that came to high school from the Air Force mm -hmm. base. You know, that, that's almost where we got all of our diversity from the Air Force Base and from Boston, you know, coming out to the suburbs. Um, but yeah, but going on base was like a whole nother ordeal. You know, like you, you get on, you know, with your friends and there's everything there. There's the bowling alley, there's, you know, um, the, their own stores, you know, mm -hmm. it's like their own town all wrapped up, everything right there that you need. Yep. Um, so yeah, so yeah, people forget that, you know, being in the military doesn't, you know, just mean one type of job out there and, uh, you know, in other countries out in front all the time. It's yeah. like so many yeah. different, you know, positions and levels. Just as many women who are enlisted in the different branches of military and who help to make the, the bases run all over the world, there are also those who are deployed during wartime and you know their experience is just as important as well and to hear some of the stories about how empowering it is to um, be able to go through something like that and to be able to come back and share their stories. My name is Natasha. I am a U.S. Army veteran. I would like to say that my biggest challenge as well as my biggest accomplishment would be me serving in Iraq. I deployed with 4th Infantry Division in 2003 out of Fort Hood, Texas to Iraq where we stayed one year. Upon my initial uh, notice that I was deploying, as you can imagine, um, we were going to a war zone so I was very, very scared. Um, family scared for me um, and I just didn't really know if I was well prepared um, didn't know what to expect never deployed before you know you practice these things and training all the time but real world when you actually get there it's like you kind of doubt yourself you wonder if you, you know you have what it takes to survive so you get there and the people that you, you've been serving with on a daily basis sometimes don't come back. You know, the chair next to you that used to be filled with laughter and people that you could talk to are now suddenly empty. And you really don't have time to grieve because you have a mission and you have to keep going. So I can definitely say that that was the biggest challenge that I've had to face as a military um, person. Uh, just anybody in general, I'm sure I'm not the only one. But um, that's definitely a big challenge I overcame. And also, I guess it's definitely one of my biggest accomplishments. I am very proud to have served in the United States Army. And I'm very proud that... I served during wartime and was able to deploy and help out um, my unit while in Iraq. So um, it's a blessing 
and it makes me feel good to say that I am a United States Army veteran. Thank you. Did you um, ever feel like you had any um, like good role models or I don't know, you know, maybe oh, like yeah. other black women, you know, that you worked with and looked up to? Oh, yeah, I had plenty. Mm -hmm. um, most of them, um, well, most of my mentors, mm -hmm. um, thank God they, they survive right now. I still talk to them. Um, all of them are retired, maybe except for one. She's still in. She was actually my uh, previous boss, mm -hmm. um, and she would she would have been um, she would have been like the first female um, Muslim general mm -hmm. if she was selected mm -hmm. um, in the reserves, but she wasn't selected. She got, uh, of course, it was a whole bunch of. Um, Others that was that was selected yeah. over over her this this past go around, but she would have been the first. So I, I do consider her um, someone that I really look up to because she's an excellent excellent um, leader. And um, one of my other mentors, I call her uh, I call her Colonel Mom. <laughs> she was like a mom to me um she helped me out a lot too um I know her for some years but uh she's a really she's a really good mentor also um she's yeah. retired and I think she just got her um doctorate in nursing oh, wow. um there there is a lot of black women um that I that I look up to that are still mentors I wanted to be like them like I wanted I wanted the younger yeah. Uh, my younger soldiers to look up to me as I look up to them mm -hmm. like even like once I'm out like I said I still get calls and stuff like that people asking me questions and that type of uh interaction mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. guess you should say yeah to kind of like give back yeah yeah some, something you gotta do something you gotta be you know you yeah because you know it's not easy yeah it, it's mm -hmm. not is 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 definitely is definitely not especially um it's like like i said i, I think it's a little bit harder for black women in the military just to say mm -hmm. it. yeah and do you think that um that it it's a good place to to learn leadership and to um oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. like some people you know i think it could be difficult to go into that lifestyle of having to mm. follow rules and to um, have that relationship with authority. Um, but for others, you know, they thrive on it, you know, like they like the direction, they, yeah. they like the, the leadership um, opportunities um, to try yeah. to advance and, you know, um, to- But see, that's the thing, the, the thing about leadership that people don't understand is that in order for you to lead you have to follow first like right. you have to have had to follow mm -hmm. you have to have gotten some because everybody's not born how they say the natural born leaders yeah mm -hmm. so some people have to be taught how to be you have to be taught how to be a leader you have to taught how to motivate people mm -hmm. how to um be uh unbiased how to mm -hmm. make quick decisions because it's i mean it's hard and 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 actually taking in how should i say, well 
just just being the conduit between your subordinates and the person that's above you like mm. being that you know because i'm real big on protecting my soldiers but i'm real big on protecting my boss too you know right. yeah so it's being that middleman it's, you have to have either seen someone do it so you mm-hmm. would have been a follower or yeah. if you naturally have it which is probably like about one percent of people everybody doesn't have it you know it just naturally comes yeah because it's 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 not just telling people what to do but it's instilling in those people that they want to do it and that they're going to excel at it and you know do the best yes. that they can um yeah so that is direction yeah. and is direction and motivation mm-hmm. it's giving mm-hmm. is it's being able to give someone di- direction but mm-hmm. motivating them at the or also motivating them to do it We see how direction and motivation can help to make great leaders, but it also helps great leaders to achieve their dreams. I am Staff Sergeant Sophia Olds, U.S. Army veteran with 17 years and still serving in the Army Reserves. The military has empowered me. It paid for my college education, two bachelor degrees, and one master's degree. The military afforded me the opportunity to purchase two homes. And because of the skills acquired as an active duty logistician, managing over $20 million of equipment, I am now able to manage my robust household. I am a wife of 16 years and have seven children who are all excelling in school and sports. I also am putting to use the degrees the military funded, working in my career field as a clinical social worker. Thank you, Army. But overall, you would say, you know, that you, would you say that it's been a good experience for you overall in the military? Oh, yeah. 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 I, um, for me, for me, it's definitely been a, um, it's definitely been a great experience. Um, yeah. I went, I, I don't regret it. I wouldn't change it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people have their, you know, they're, they're either with it or not in regards to military, but the military actually allow me to accomplish a lot of things in my life yeah um and to have you know to have a lot of things like you know I got I got some really dope benefits mm-hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> you know I got some really dope benefits you know uh-huh. um 
you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it got, you know, the GI Bill, the VA loan, mm. like I still go to the commissary and the PX. So everybody, you know, cause everything is yeah. tax free. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and the PX is like our little target. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I still get, you know, I can still, I don't just have regular civilian health care. I, I, you know, I can still go to the VA hospital and, yeah. and get whatever I need to get done. Um, you know, VA loan to buy a house, um, yeah. which is probably the greatest thing. Uh, you know, the GI Bill, which I already spent on my mm. education. Yeah. Um, you know, just you know, just you know, just things that people after eighteen don't know right. what to do, mm-hmm. where to go. Um, because I mean, that's really the the reason why I joined in the beginning because my father didn't have money for me to go to school. And I ain't mm. want to get no loans. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, my dad used to be in the Air Force. Okay. Yeah. So that's so yeah, you knew a little of that military life already. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So um, I was like, you know what? Let me just go ahead and get this. So you know, it, it, I had a I had a great ride. Still right. enjoying the fruits of that labor. Like it is mm-hmm. nothing. It is nothing better than going to a store, a movie theater, or a restaurant and just be like, hey, y'all gonna serve this guy? Yeah, we're gonna take 15%. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, take 15, Let's 20% do that. off your bill. <laughs> and all I gotta do is just show you my little my little ID card. Okay, uh-huh. I'll take that. So <laughs> You know, it, it comes with those perks. It comes it comes yeah. with those perks. And um mm-hmm. I enjoyed it or I mm-hmm. tried to enjoy it to its fullest. Yeah. Um, especially towards, you know, when I got towards the end, but um I had a good mm-hmm. ride. Yeah. Do you feel that it restricts you in any way? Like even now, like you're retired, um, do you feel like um like it's a like we were saying, it's a for life thing. Like it's always, you know, mm-hmm. kind of on your shoulder or overlooking your shoulder, but like, oh, I can't do this because, <laughs> you know. Um, I think um it it well now it doesn't because when you're in the military, you don't have no first amendment rights. There's no free speech. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. just can't. So I think um me having that back is actually good. So because I know that there's, there's nobody looking over my shoulder like I'm not out here about to run for office and nobody can't come back and be like well let me tell you what you said on Twitter or Facebook uh-huh. you know right I did my time uh-huh. um so right now I mean before yeah it was plenty of restrictions yeah. like you know like I said I had I was a first sergeant so during formation um a lot of time when when things were going on especially I think yeah I was a first sergeant during the election in 2016 first mm-hmm. formation to mm-hmm. be like first and last formation before we when we got there and for the no, what's formation like hey oh formation is um is when you gather mm-hmm. <laughs> civilian when you get it's, in it's formation no. <laughs> it's a meeting mm-hmm. with your people with your so i used to have a meeting yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a, a meeting with um, no conference call, like we used to all have to be present, uh-huh, and uh-huh. so I could get accountability. But it's a meeting. It's a meeting with your troops. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, daily brief. It's a brief. <laughs> so, um, 
so you know first and last formation i yeah. used to have to you know like you know there's some things that you ain't supposed to be in on the internet because you know we don't have free we don't have free speech yeah those those type of, those are probably basically the type of restrictions yeah. that um that i'm glad i don't have now if we go mm-hmm. uh if we go out away from uh our station and we go somewhere else like say we're at the range or something um you know certain places we couldn't visit or um because these have restrictions on those yeah but mm-hmm. you know now that i'm out you can just roll wherever you want to roll (laughs) yeah so it's not so you know those restrictions it's important to have those because well especially Mm -hmm. in the military because they'll tell you like you know you're wearing a uniform um like you represent you're representing us yeah it's like similar to like your family or your um you know like or at least my family they'd be like okay When we go out, don't yeah. act up because you know you are you're mm-hmm. representing. No, somebody's <laughs> gonna be like, unit. "Oh, you're someone's daughter." Be like, "All right, I'm gonna talk to your mom." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a representation. It's the representation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get, like you can't don't act up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know, like some of, uh, um, I was talking to some students the other day, and. And they were asking about code switching. And, you know, one of them was like, no, I don't think we need to do that anymore. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to say what I want to say. And I'm like, well, it, it is very much now, like, especially in like technology field or whatever like that. Yeah. That you, you can say a lot of what you want to say, but I was like, but still as a, a black professional, um, yeah. I still code switch, you know, I still, there are times when I may, I'm representing, you know, myself or my company mm-hmm. and I'm going to, you know, speak in a way that my audience is going to understand me. But then there's other times when, yeah, when you're with the, the team you're working with or whatever, you might be able to shoot mm-hmm. off at the mouth or tell them, you know, what's going on. But um, that's like, all right, young kids, yes, things are different these days, but that don't mean that you could just go out here and tell your boss off or exactly. like that. <laughs> yeah. Like you still have yeah. to have um, some kind of control, you know, over your words and how you say that and just speak. Yeah, you know? that, and that's big in the military too. Like I used to code switch a, all the time. Like yeah. there's a difference yeah. between like if I'm briefing like my general or my colonel, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you got to know your audience. But I want to talk to them the way I talk to my soldiers when we're out in a formation. Like um, there was a different. There's a difference between first Sarnidi formation and Sarnidi briefing colonel or general such and such, or Sarnidi talking to her battle buddy. Mm-hmm. sergeant such and such about girl let me tell you what's going on <laughs> right yeah. and even even me giving a class at sergeant Edie, like um the way i address the the classroom mm-hmm. is different from me giving a briefing or me being the first sergeant mm-hmm. it's like i'm the same person but yeah. but communication is, is the difference when you're receiving mm-hmm. and giving so yeah. you just got to know you just got to know 
Yeah, you got to be able to because you also want to be able to manage the audience, you know, like, okay, so mm -hmm. this, like, if you're just teaching them, this is what you need to know, versus mm -hmm. um, I need to sway your opinion, or I need you to, you know, like, give mm -hmm. you the facts so that you can change your mind or something like that. Exactly. See, being in the military is more than just about the restrictions on what you can say or do and when you can do it. It's also about speaking up and finding your own voice. My name is Keisha Dancy. I am a U.S. Army veteran. I retired at 26 years. I am a founder of a nonprofit organization called All Things Are Possible. As far as empowerment, I would probably say giving me a voice. Um, more or less, I joined the military right out of high school at 17. So during the time of my growing years, you weren't allowed to talk back to adults. You had to be respectful. Even if they were kind of wrong, uh, it was always a way to do things. I grew up in the military, so I learned to voice my opinion. I learned to speak up for myself. Even when I maybe shouldn't have, even when I was going against the grain, when other people accepted things that they knew were wrong, it, it taught me, I guess, but best and worst cases, how to be a voice for myself, how to be a voice for others, and um, how to speak up for what's right, regardless of what the consequences are. And then, like, um, for the history of, you know, Black women in the military, um, is there, mm -hmm. you know, every now and then I may hear something like you, like you say, maybe it's the first woman to do this, the first woman to do that. But is that something that, that you learn while you're in the military? Or is this uh, more just, you know, information you may look up yourself, like, you know, when Black women first started being even allowed in the military and um, different challenges and, and struggles that, you know, um, well, since I've been in, um, it has become kind of a standard to, um, appreciate certain cultures and their first, um, yeah. So we have, a, we have a, a lot of different, um, appreciations. Luckily, um, mm -hmm. while I was in, I was able to, you know, come up under the, like, a lot of firsts, like, one of them was, um, Lieutenant General Naja West, she was, like, the first, um, three-star general, mm. African-American three-star general, it took, um, let me see, from the first general, which, um, mm. yeah, General Hazel Johnson, uh, she became the first Black woman to become a general officer, that was only back in 1979, Wow. And General West, she became a three-star in um, 2016. So 2016. how long that was just to yeah. be, you know, first of all, you still got to make two-star general, which is a major general. So from the first general officer, that was the first female in 1979, to uh, the first Black female to become a two-star general, it was like... Um, 16 years wow mm -hmm. so and then from the two-star general for the um to become a 
a three star journal for the first black female that was like twenty another twenty years. Oh my god. Um and general is only is only four stars. Like you only could go. It's only four. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's kind of like the most recent things that happened like within the past four or five years. And there's a lot of other firsts. Um, like people didn't know that uh Kathy Williams um she posed as a man. She was the first black woman to join the military. But she had to pose mm-hmm. as a man though. But people ain't know yeah. this is back of all the way like during um the civil war in 1866 mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i think i have posted yeah i think i have posted something about her mm-hmm. like maybe a while ago like on the improper yeah. yeah 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 so from that from that and then uh and then also like um what was her name um sergeant wilson danielle wilson um she became the first black woman to guard the tomb of the unknown. Oh, the tomb of the unknown where you gotta you gotta do the marching and yeah and that was mm-hmm. only that was back in nineteen ninety-seven. And I'm like, I didn't even join the military in nineteen ninety-seven. But look wow. how long yeah. you know, in nineteen ninety seven, right? You know, it was like that was just so like years ago. Was, yeah, like you say, like the military's been around for so long. But an honor like that to to guard the breakthrough. tomb, yeah, breakthroughs still in it's these the last the 10, 20 years having breakthroughs that. Yeah. Um, so that kind of um, that kind of encouraged me um, when I was selected as my um, my unit's first black female first mm-hmm. sergeant in the first in the first woman first sergeant. Right. Um, yeah. Because you know, in positions like that, you have to be. Um, and I was approached. I wasn't even trust me. I was not looking for this position. Um, <laughs> they came to you. <laughs> I was. I ain't put in for nothing. I didn't ask nobody for no favors. I was uh-huh. like, you know, I'm just gonna finish. I'm gonna finish these years. Uh-huh. But I was approached. I was approached by one of my um about one of my coworkers, she was a captain. She was gonna be the commander. And um she 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 was actually approached by our general and our mm-hmm. higher headquarters division, whatever. Yeah. And um she was looking for a first sergeant and she told her she was like, hey, why don't you ask Sarnidi? Well first of all I didn't have the rank at the time. I didn't have the rank. Um. Uh, because I wasn't I wasn't promoted yet, mm-hmm. and um, so she approached and then she approached me, and I was just like, "Who told you to come to me?" Yes, <laughs> uh. <laughs> but then I told her to give me a month. I told her I was mm-hmm. like, "I'll let her know by next drill, which is the following mm-hmm. month, if I wanted to accept it or not." And then you know, just having conversations like with my moms and yeah. um, my mentors. He was like, yeah, girl, go ahead and take it. You know, this would be a great opportunity for you. This will look good yeah. on your resume. You know, you're really good with soldiers and they respect you. And nice. um, this is yeah. like, you'll be really good. And um, so I accepted it. So I became the first for my unit. I became, and the unit was fairly young. It was like about maybe 15 years old, but right. I became the first female, first, wow. first black female. 
you know, leadership and job opportunities, you know, so mm-hmm. it takes everybody for sure, for sure. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a definitely community. It takes a village. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. But it's worth it. It was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. First Sergeant Tiffany. <laughs> Thank you, you know, for your service. Thank you for, you know, sharing and being open with me today. And Thank um, you, Mimi. I had a really great time. Thank you for having me. Well, podcasters, I hope that you were able to learn a little bit more about the life of a black woman in the military. I know the army came in strong this time and we want to thank everyone and all branches of the military for their service. And we hope that everyone has a safe and wonderful Veterans Day. And another special thank you to First Sergeant Tiffany Eady, as well as our Staff Sergeant Sophia Old, Natasha, Yolanda, and Keisha for coming through with our interviews. Thank you to everyone who was able to contribute and and share their stories with us. We greatly appreciate it. And we look forward to sharing more Black stories that empower women at home, work, or play. Ciao!